Uh, well, it was wild, like, you know. I don't know how many thousand people were, <laughs> were here. I'd say every one of them thought it was wild except the umpire. But anyway, sure, look, that's what happens when you, you know, when you weigh grounds, you don't tend to get breaks. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Get all the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports Amnesty International uh, said and understandably questioned how Saudi's tourism body could sponsor a Women's World Cup when as a woman in Saudi Arabia you can't even have a job without the permission of your male guardian Uh, Part of the problem here and we have seen it consistently surrounding Olympics, World Cups, major events, is that while this has been held in New Zealand and Australia, you basically hand over everything to FIFA. They can do what they want with that tournament within your country. Yeah, and it's an example of, like FIFA talks a lot about um, investing in the women's game, but a lot of that investment has to be something that's going to make them lots and lots of money. You know, there's a lot of areas that the women's game needs investment in that maybe isn't going to immediately make you um, big buckets of cash. Um, and that's kind of not really being looked at at the moment. Um, it's just another example of money talks, isn't it? Mm. What do you think will come from this? Do you see Football Australia New Zealand football having enough power to stop Visit Saudi's involvement? Do you expect that players will speak out about this? I'd like to think so. I think um, Australia have spoken about potentially if it is to be confirmed um, because we haven't heard back from FIFA or Visit Saudi. We haven't had kind of any statements um, and both the Federation of Australia and uh, Football Federation of New Zealand have have obviously put a letter in and they haven't heard back either. Um, But you know, whether we'll hear back, I don't know. I would expect FIFA to have some sort of response. How powerful it will be uh, I'm not going to hold my breath but we saw the men's team make quite a, a strong political statement in the lead up to the Qatar World Cup um, and they've kind of hinted at potentially should this be confirmed that the team might do something similar um, and I would hope so I would hope to see something from more than just Australia and New Zealand um, obviously the women's game has a lot of out players and a lot of players who will use their platforms to speak about LGBTQ plus issues. Um, and I would expect to see more conversation from those and and people flagging this as a major issue. So we'll see. Like I said, it hasn't been 100% confirmed and we've kind of got silence at the moment from FIFA. Um, mm. But yeah, I would expect to hear something from the federations and from other teams too. Saudi sports washing has been to the front of people's minds, in particular for the last year, surrounding Live Golf and the Saudi International is happening this week. Phil Mickelson was tweeting uh, last night that the Saudi International for the Women's Tour has the same prize fund and you're not seeing this uh, on the PGA Tour or the European Tour. They have got very deep pockets and quite a lot of the time women's sport needs investment. Uh, We have seen Aramco, our sponsors of the uh, Ladies European Tour, invest a huge amount in the LPGA Tour as well. There are a lot of difficult decisions coming down the track for administrators in women's sport in particular, where they are in that search for investment and Saudi are coming with a hell of a lot of money. It's a difficult one. Um, I can understand that we need investment in the game, um, but I do feel like there should be a line 
when it comes to morals. And it is one of the fastest growing sports. I mean, there's been countless reports coming out about the growth of the game, the demographics that it's targeting, the number of people that are engaged with the sport, whether that be online or buying tickets. We've seen that from the Euros. Um, there's been a huge amount of engagement with, say, Gen Z, for example, which is a traditionally difficult demographic to target when it comes to live Yes, we need investment, but I don't feel like the game is at a point where you just have to take anything. I feel like there is other opportunities there. Um, and it feels a bit like, you know, I, I can't imagine FIFA going to come out and say, oh, this is the only sponsor that was available to us. Mm. I find that very hard to believe. I think the very fact that, you know, we've seen the issues around the the um, awarding of the Qatari World Cup, for example, it's not necessarily 100% legitimate um so yeah I, I think there are other alternatives um Craig Foster for example the former captain of of the Australia men's soccer team said you know it's a bit like McDonald's sponsoring a healthy eating or an anti-obesity kind of campaign which I think is a really good it kind of brings it to the forefront it's just it's not a natural fit um and I just don't think the women's game is that desperate for funding that it needs to bow down to something like this and to kind of facilitate sports washing you've been covering the women's game for for many many years and really to the forefront of its promotion uh this world cup in new zealand and australia like the excitement of this country is obviously growing by the day uh, it, it is a bit of a logistical nightmare for a lot of the teams going over to this tournament uh, ireland in particular going from brisbane to sydney to perth back to brisbane as well. Uh, New Zealand and Australia's readiness for this tournament, I guess the fact they've moved the Ireland game to an 80,000-seater stadium suggests that there is a real appetite for this World Cup and that the the focus on this World Cup, the reason that Visit Saudi want to get involved is because the focus on this tournament has been probably 10 times greater than any previous World Cup. Yeah, women's football is growing. Every tournament is bigger and better than the previous tournament, whether that be a Euros of a World or a World Cup. And look, I think there's issues around sustainability when you look at this World Cup. We can't kind of shy away from the fact that there's going to be a huge amount of travel involved for both um, football teams and fans who are, are hoping to cover it and media hoping to cover it. I'm sure, I feel there are better ways that this could have been more potentially sustainable. So there are issues around that. But I do feel like New Zealand and, and Australia are very much ready for that. I think we need to be very much moving away from being reactive to, or, or surprised by the fact that there's a huge amount of people wanting to see it and being more proactive and expectant and saying, look, there were conversations around the size of the grounds around the Euros. Were they big enough? Um, and we need to be a bit more proactive and think, you know what? People are going to come. People are going to want to see this. And we're seeing this with the Ireland-Australia game. The very fact that they've had to move stadium um, proves that there is an appetite for women's football. So, yeah, I think it's going to be even bigger and even better than the Euros. And that in itself was an amazing tournament. So, yeah, I'm I'm really, really excited for it. Uh, the men's game from the top down has long since lost its morals and FIFA have been to the forefront of that. Like there is actually an opportunity here for the women's game to set out its stall as it moves to that next level of interest to say to FIFA, actually, we're going to go down a different route with it, whether it's around sustainability or whether it's just down with pure basic human rights that Visit Saudi are not something we want associated with this game. Now, I'm not sure whether FIFA will listen to anybody when there's a level of money coming in, but there definitely is, it feels, an opportunity for players to speak out here, to actually set a bar 
that FIFA must reach if they want to be associated with the women's game? Yeah, I'd agree. I feel like there is still time to shape the women's game in the way we want to see it and to learn from things like the men's game and the issues that we've seen in the men's game. There's not a lot of time. It feels like the game is growing so quickly that that opportunity to to continue to shape it from a moral standpoint is closing. But I think there's enough good people involved in the game. We see it from the players themselves. There's a huge amount of um, there's a huge amount of players that are willing to speak out about these kind of issues. Um, so I'm hoping that we still have that impact. Uh, an ability to shape the game in a better way. It doesn't have to be exactly like the men's game. It should be an opportunity to learn. Um, there's a lot of positive things about the women's game, whether that be from a fan perspective or a player perspective or the way that we potentially distribute the money within the women's game and better kind of build an ecosystem. And I'm hoping that we can properly capitalize on that. And, you know, things like that Visit Saudi investment kind of awakens people to the fact that there is still time that we still can use our voice to shape what's right for the women's game. Um, and I'm hoping this is an example of how we can do that. Should the women's game have its own governing body? That's a great question. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it should. I think the women's game deserves to be invested in and treated the same way um, the men's game is. Um, and I think having its own governing body might potentially set it back and one of the biggest frustrations is the fact that we have to prove ourselves in order to get the funding it deserves and the visibility it deserves and the support it deserves and that's a bit like a chicken and egg situation mm. isn't it you know you can't progress and grow and and improve without investment and support and facilities and there's often a case where we're constantly having to prove ourselves in this game to get that investment and support so having a separate governing body might kind of result in in that kind of attitude and improving why we need it and proving why we need that support and that facility and those facilities. And I think the women's game is beyond that now. We've more than proved why it should be invested in. Um, so I'm not sure that would be the answer. Um, maybe others have a different opinion, but, um, and, I, and I understand that because it, it is difficult if you're one federation to treat your men and women's teams in a different way, but Personally, I don't see why we can't. You know, we've got different sponsors potentially in, in some areas um, and different sponsors in domestic leagues um, and in some cases in national teams. So, you know, like I said earlier, there is still an opportunity to shape this game and to kind of move it away from the problems we've seen kind of encroaching on the men's. Yeah, it is going to be really interesting to see how this develops over the coming days. The fact that Football Australia and New Zealand football have come out so strongly uh, against this, you would hope that maybe FIFA will reconsider. But uh, I guess all recent history suggests that money talks in this situation and uh, get ready for more Saudi Arabia in your life. I think so, yes. <laughs> Uh, World Cup 2030 here we come uh, we'll follow that uh, and obviously we'll have lots more coverage of the Women's World Cup over the coming weeks and months surrounding the Republic of Ireland uh, Rachel thank you very much for joining us thank you 